Welcome to the Omnis Investment Club podcast. This podcast is for information only and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. If you have any questions, please contact your financial advisor. Welcome to the Omnis Investment Club podcast. I'm Rohit Vaswani from Omnis Investments and here to take you through what's happened in markets last week. Let's begin in the US where stocks remained volatile as investors absorbed inflation data and the earnings reports from some companies for the period between April and June. Technology stocks were among the best performers, helped by solid gains in Apple. Energy stocks on the flip side underperformed as international oil prices fell to levels not seen since before Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Of course, the big news was inflation. Inflation for the month of June came in at over 9%, the highest since 1981, and sent markets stumbling. However, further inflation was released later in the week and showed that both import and export prices had risen significantly less than had been forecasted in the month of June. This helped markets recover some of the losses later in the week. All in all, the S&P 500 ended the week down almost 1%. Let's move to Japan next, where stock markets returns were positive for the week, with the Nikkei 225 index rising just over 1%. Japan mourned its former and longest-standing Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, who was shot and killed on July 8th while campaigning for the parliamentary upper house election. On 10th of July, the ruling Liberal Democratic Party increased its seat count in the election, winning a majority with its coalition partner Komeito. The results signal strong performance for Prime Minister Kishida and his government's policy priorities, with the focus on lifting economic growth likely to remain unchanged. The Japanese central bank continues to reiterate its commitment to to very supportive policies for the economy, in essence keeping interest rates low at a time when other central banks around the world are raising interest rates. And finally, with electricity supply forecast to tighten, Prime Minister Kishida called for the restarting of several nuclear reactors to ease concerns about a power shortage. The government shut down all nuclear plants in the wake of the 2011 Fukushima nuclear disaster. However, the worst ever heatwave recorded in Japan has prompted the government to warn of power shortages, as higher temperatures have translated into increased demand for energy, primarily air conditioners. Households and businesses were asked to enter a three-month energy-saving period. Moving to China, where data showed that the economy grew only 0.4% in the three months to June. And to put this into perspective, the economy grew almost 5% in the previous three months. There are also reports that a rapidly growing number of Chinese home buyers have refused to pay mortgages for unfinished construction projects. These two things sent markets sampling during the week, with the blue chip CSI 300 index, which tracks the largest listed companies in Shanghai and Shenzhen, falling. 4%. However, we must take the economic data with a sharper focus, as June did see some stronger numbers in terms of growth in exports, retail sales and industrial production. Shares in Europe fell somewhat, as central banks stepped up interest rate increases, raising fears of a global recession. The Euro stocks 50 was down 0.84%. During the week, the euro broke below parity versus the US dollar for the first time in two decades, as the fears of this global recession intensified. It is widely expected that the European Central Bank will raise interest rates later this month to combat inflation. Depending on how aggressive they may look to do this, investors are worried about an impending recession. This was further exacerbated by worries that a cutoff of Russian gas supplies may also push European economies into a recession. 
For example, Russia closed the Nord Stream 1 gas pipeline supplying Germany for scheduled maintenance work until the following Friday. The German government is, however, concerned that Russia may not fully reopen it on the date in retaliation against European sanctions, which could force Germany to impose rationing on industries and households to preserve winter stockpiles. The European Commission will hold an extraordinary summit on 26 July to discuss a coordinated gas-saving plan aimed at preserving European reserves should Russia cut off its supplies. And finally, Italy's ruling coalition fell and Prime Minister Mario Draghi resigned after the five-star movement boycotted a vote on a cost-of-living bill. The right-wing party said that the government had not offered enough money to help businesses and households hit by high energy prices. Draghi will now attempt to form a new majority after President Sergio Mattarella rejected his resignation. And finally, wrapping up with the UK, where the FTSE 100 ended the week down 0.5%. The UK economy unexpectedly grew 0.5% in May after contracting 0.1% in April, a sign that the economy may avoid contracting in the second quarter of the year. The Office for National Statistics said health services helped to boost growth with a large rise in doctor appointments. Travel agencies and road haulers also reported increased activity. On the flip side, retail sales did fall in June for the third consecutive month as people cut back on homeware purchases. The Tory leadership contest is now underway and whilst this is not having a direct impact on markets, perhaps who ends up as Chancellor and the policies he or she may look to bring to the table might end up being of interest to markets. So clearly markets have had what appears to be a muted week, but when you look below the surface, what has been quite a volatile week with days of markets moving up in one direction and down in the opposite direction. Investors still remain concerned about the medium to long-term outlook for interest rates and economic growth. That's it from me today. I will of course be back again with more next week. Till then. This podcast has been brought to you by Omnis Investments, which is authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority.